We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into a special edition of the Good and Plenty podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Goodman, and uh, we are doing a tribute to Big John Thompson. And the best way to do it is talk to a bunch of guys that played for Big John. And uh, we've compiled, uh, gotten together five guys that are going to talk stories. They're going to pay tribute to them. And I think it's going to be the best way to do it. Uh, let me introduce everybody first. Uh, we'll start with, with, with the old guy. Uh, that's Eugene Smith in California, uh, played for Georgetown 80 to 84, was a senior on the national title team, two-time captain, tough as shit, defended, did everything. Uh, Gene, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Five fouls. Five fouls. I got five fouls. You used them all. <laughs> well, hey, but not only do you use them all, ask him what his nickname is. Go ahead. I, I, I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that for the for the conversation. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get that in there. I'm going in order of age. All right, so uh, we know who's next. Horace Broad next. Uh, next played in '82 to '86. Was a sophomore in that national title team. Now the head coach at Savannah State. Uh, Horace, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hey, it was good, Jeff. Good to be here, man. I just want to uh, quickly uh, condolence to uh, John the Third, uh, Ronnie. And uh, Tiffany, man, uh, we lost the coach, but they lost the father. Yeah. So, uh, no but doubt. hey, you know, we're gonna pay tribute to him. Uh, loved him. Great man. Ready to talk about. Him. All right. Uh, third up, Jaron Jackson, uh, the senior, played eighty-five to eighty-nine. Came out of the call a little late. I think he's been uh, following his son. You know, the, the NBA player routine, which is you know jumping out a little bit late. Uh, but he made it to the party and. Uh, Listen, uh, appreciate you doing this, Jaron. I know how busy you guys are, and I know uh, I know what this means to you guys. Yes, man. Uh, I appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for doing this platform um, to talk about Coach Thompson, man, at a time like this. I'm really uh, excited about it, but at the same time, sad. Yeah, I think we all are. We all are. All right, Mark Tillman uh, up next, uh, 86 to 90. How about a career record? I saw this, Mark. 102 in 24 in your career. Average about 20 a game as a senior. Um, could guard, could shoot, could kind of do it all. Pretty damn underrated in your career, uh, if I do say so myself. And, guys, let me let me preface this also with I'm a guy who grew up in Boston, and Big East basketball 
was what got me started for my love for college hoops. So all you guys contributed to that. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm going to echo definitely what Jaron and Hoa said about John, Ryan, and Tiffany. We, we lost the coach, but like he said, they lost the father. So just want to send my condolences out to those. those that, uh, all right. Now, w- w- last but not least, the young buck. I don't know who's called you a young buck lately, Jerome. Uh, but <laughs> right. on this call, you're the young buck. So you put 94 to 96, a couple years of Juco ball. Uh, then came to Georgetown, uh, junkyard dog, then went on to a, a great NBA career as well. Um, thanks for, uh, for coming on and, 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 and making this work. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It's a, it's a blessing to be here amongst greatness with these guys and my condolences absolutely to the family and the Thompson family. Yeah. My, mine as well. Uh, I didn't know big John that well, obviously, uh, had dealt with him over the years as, as, as media, but I wanted to, I wanted to put this together because I'm sick and tired. And I watched this last week uh, with Lute Olson. I went to Arizona and, and watched it with some people talking about Lute Olson. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like they didn't know him that well. Like, so for this, I really wanted to get on guys that knew big John that could again, uh, talk about what he meant to them, what he meant to the game. And uh, I'll start with Eugene as the elder statesman of the group. Um, what did he mean to you? What did did Big John mean to you, and how did he impact your life? Um, I, I, again, I want to echo what everyone said. Um, I, I didn't extend my condolences to the family. I, I, you know, the, the the power of this moment for all of us is is is, is grand. Um, being the elder statesman here, elder statesman here, I'm connected to all these guys. We have a common thread, and I, I think that's something that the program instilled in in all of us. Um, uh, some of the, the ethos on how to live your life, um, how to transition from, you know, uh, being a student athlete into the real world were paramount to Big John. Um, and I shared this with Mark earlier. Uh, for me, it's been kind of difficult to kind of put into words um, um, the, the full scope, the full magnitude. But it kind of came home for me when I read two posts from uh, two players that were my captain while I was there and it was Sleepy Floyd and Eric Smith and they dropped uh, some nuggets on, um, they dropped their, their heartfelt emotions on Facebook uh, uh, yesterday evening. And that's all I needed. So I essentially commented on their post and that, that, that that brought me whole. Like it's, it's not an individual thing. This is a collective thing. I mean, we are, we are serious about this brotherhood at Georgetown. So for me, that's, that's, that's the major takeaway. Um, and, you know, I think that's something Big John, whether he did it by design or not, um, that's what he created. I mean, you know, we were un- unapologetically black. Um, we were ultra black. Um, um, we, we understood the time. We understood the moment. And it was something that was, you know, it was every day. I mean, Tillman talks about those mental practices we used to have, um, you know, so – Again, I'm, I'm probably, uh, of all the guys here, because uh, one thing I liked about Big John, um, each of us had our own individual flow with him. Like, he didn't treat everybody the same. And those who played more, he talked to more. So I'm the guy here that probably played the least. So even though I was captain, um, and that's a whole nother conversation. Um, I just time, think, captain. I, I just think, you know, uh, Gene, you played a lot, man. You, you, you had to bring that defense, man. Yeah, man. Man, 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 man. Okay, okay. My, my point, my point is this. 
Um, those who who stuffed the stat sheet like Jerome Junkyard Dog Williams probably was having more more of those ball type conversations with Big John. And 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 I just think, you know, if anything, you know, um, just learning how to navigate, learning how to to deal uh, personally and professionally, knowing the difference, um, you know, gauging the room. I mean, all these things that, yeah, we were we were we were hoopers. But all of this applied off the court as well. So I just think he brought the whole thing in the focus for us. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing what my other brothers have to say. But, yeah, that's – I'll set it off that way. Mark, what, what were those practices like? <laughs> Man, um, they were quite interesting. So I, I would say – let me just give a little background sure. of my relationship with Coach Thompson. Uh, I think – most of these guys on here know that, you know, I kind of grew up in his house. So me and Ronnie and JT3 kind of grew up together. So um, I knew Coach from the very beginning from the house, but I didn't know what he was like on the basketball court. So I'm just going to skip right into once I decided to go to Georgetown. Well, yeah, when I decided to go to Georgetown, I just remember when I called the house and I asked to speak to Coach. Ronnie answered the phone. I said, hey, Ronnie, is your dad home? Nah, he's not here. What time will he be in? He said, he be here around 12. I said, well, all right, but tell him that I'm coming. So he's like, motherfucker, you call. Oh, can we curse? <laughs> <laughs> you do whatever you want in here. Whatever you want. Too late, man. Oh, okay. So he said, motherfucker, you call back. So I'm like, okay, I, I, I called back. He said, around 12. He said, yeah. So I called back around 12 o'clock. He said, hey, coach, this is Mark Tillman. How are you doing? He said, how are you doing, son? Everybody's a son to him. I said, yeah, I think I'm, I want to. Attend Georgetown. Um, he said, "Well, have you visited any other schools?" I said, uh, well, "No, I haven't visited any other schools." Because initially, my first three choices, but four choices, were North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> that was my order. And uh, but anyway, going back to coach. He uh, said, did you take me visiting the other schools? I said, no, I didn't take me visiting the other schools. I knew I really wanted to go to Georgetown. And once the late Dean Smith and, and, and the president, Coach Roy Williams, came to my house and, you know, my father had some academic questions he asked he didn't like. And I kind of saw the ball rolling down the hill. So really, I was like, here comes Georgetown, here I come. So I told him, no, I didn't take any visits. He said, well, son, I think you need to take a visit because it's going to be like playing for your father. And he hung up on me. So I was like, well, Sean, this so I take a visit to Villanova. Come back, coach. Uh, I took a visit. To, no, I said, I took a visit. And I'm going to attend Georgetown. I mean, well, where did, did you take a visit? Yes, I took a visit. Uh, where did you go? I said, Villanova. He said, how many visits do you get, technically? I said, uh, you get, I think it was five at the time. And he said, motherfucker, can you count? <laughs> <laughs> and hung up again. So I'm like, this motherfucker's crazy. <laughs> so I took like one or two more visits, called Coach back and said, hey, Coach, listen here, man. I said, listen, I, I didn't take the five. I took like two others. I don't want to take any more visits. I want to come to Georgetown. All right, I tell you when you can let it out to the press. And he hung up on me. <laughs> so right then and there, I was being introduced to coming to the school. 
Right. But I still didn't understand what it was like until I got into practice. So I believe, I can't remember, I think it was the first practice. Maybe It was a couple practice. I can say the very first practice. But I know he was cussing. I didn't know he used such colorful language at the time. And use it damn well because he, he talks about that too. And he was cursing somebody out. And I'm like, damn, who he, who he talking to like this? We locked eyes. You know what he said? Motherfucker, I'm talking to you. <laughs> so that was my introduction to say this is going to be a long four years for me. But I was used to it because my dad was tough on me. Um, he was very demanding. All practice was demanding. People always asked about the culture. How does he get you guys to play so hard? It was expected when you walked in the door. Nothing less. Um, I don't know what it was. I think he always used to say that, you know, people are not scared of you. They're scared of the ghost. And I guess the ghost is the horse brawn axes, the Gene Smiths and the Packer Ewan that were before us. But that's, that's literally true. And that's kind of how the practices were. They were like dog fights. Um, I, I, I let Jern, cause me and Jern played three years together. So I'm not going to give all the stories. I'm let Jern tell some of his stories about practices because we had some very, good battles and practice, especially when he was a senior and I was a junior. We, we were really good that year when Alonzo and Kimbe came into play. Right. I was scared. Now, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, Jeff, before you get to, to Jaron, uh, Tillman had his four, his four choices. My four choices were Georgetown, Georgetown, <laughs> Georgetown, and the draft, because the military was still drafting. So those are my four choices. <laughs> and giant food. <laughs> made the right choice. <laughs> Aaron, how, how intimidating. I, I always say the two most in, in, imposing, intimidating people I've ever met in my entire life were, were Big John and Carl Malone. Those were the two that I was just like, <laughs> man, oh, oh man. Like, wow. I'm just scared. And I met it. Like, I've met everybody over the course of my career. I interviewed James Worthy when I was, like, 13. So I wasn't really intimidated by much. But Big John intimidated the shit out of me. Uh, how intimidating was it to play for him? Wow. <laughs> uh, I, knew, I knew his impact on everyone else. I knew – I think we all knew about Coach Thompson's presence. You know, yes, he's intimidating. Walks into a room and he's a huge guy. And it could be the smallest of a room, be it in his office, on the basketball court, in practice, or at the game. Even, even his presence on the sidelines, it was incredible. So, and I knew the impact of his presence to everyone else. But for us, part of me thought it was, uh, it wasn't, I wasn't as intimidated. Part of me thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> At times, the way he kind of talked to you, he kind of reminds you of your, your, your old uncle in your neighborhood, you, you, the dude that you kind of, you know, you looked up to as a kid, man. Like Mark mentioned his dad. And, uh, and, and for many players that, that play for him, especially all the black players, I think he, most of the guys were black, but uh, I believe exactly. he reminds me of my dad. When you said most of the black players, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How many white guys played for Coach Thompson, fellas? I, I, I got a man. Yeah, I think when we was there, it was probably two, Tom, maybe one, Tom Lang, that's the one that I can remember. Right, I, I, Lang. So, Coach did a lot of recruiting in, uh, in the neighborhood, man. He, oh, he in my stable. <laughs> <laughs> See, but, I mean, could he guys, not get white players? Could he not get yeah, like, 
Would a white player just not go? I don't know if he tried. I don't know yeah, if he uh, tried. Sir, you, sir, you, call, you turned sir, him down. Call and David Blue played with us, uh, right, Gene? Yes, you know, sir. They were, they were saying yes, Call and David Blue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I had Jeff, Jeff Bullis um, when I first got there. And the, the, the great story about Jeff Bullis, um, not to cut you off, Jerry, the great story about Jeff Bullis was Jeff Bullis was significant um, in the 79, 80, and I think, uh, maybe 78, 79 team. And uh, Kendrick Spirit, great guy. But that recruiting class of Patrick, Billy Martin, Anthony Jones, Ralph Dalton, basically let him know uh, hmm, might not be – it's going to be a little tough. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about that is Jeff opted out on his own. Big John let him keep his scholarship. Wow. So, wow. you know, that was two years, boom, boom, boom. And guess who was at that? National Championship game in 84. Guess who was at that National Championship game in 82? Jeff Bullis. So, you know, I, 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 I don't know if he did or didn't. We had David Dunn come through there for, for a season. Yeah, he was um, I just – and, and, and I've always loved being black, but if I would have been a white dude, I would have loved to came there and rock because I would have been a hacker as a white dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've been following cats, so I, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think it was intentional or unintentional, but, I mean, you, you got to figure, we, we know the world that we live in. You know, I mean, we we know the optics, um, which, again, the, the optics, you're hearing these stories now, everybody thought Georgetown was HBCU back then. That's not nothing, that's not anything new. And you, you, you're hearing these sound bites, sound bites as if it's something new. And, and again, I just I think it's, it shows how powerful that program is, how diverse our fan base is. And, again, Jeff, I, I, I'm throwing shots at the media. I'm throwing shots at, 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 at sports writers. I'm throwing shots at all y'all. Y'all late to the, y'all late to the game. I'm sorry, Jerry. Back to you, man. My bad. Well, I was going on a tangent. I was going on a tangent. Well, here, here's the only thing I'll say to that is I, I think it's hard because I think Georgetown, unfortunately, the program um, – hasn't been great over the last decade. So unfortunately, I argue with people all the time. People will try to claim it's not a top 20 program in the country, like right now. And I'll say, fine, right now, this second, it hasn't been. But if you put all the programs in a hat, especially with a new practice facility and all the recruits in the area, I'm taking, I'm not getting 20 programs in before I name Georgetown. I'm not, period. Back, back to Coach Thompson, man. I'm diverting. I apologize. Let's get back to it. Get back on point. Yeah. Let, me, let me give a memorable moment that kind of describes Coach. Uh, I remember, I guess it was my junior year, uh, the year that Coach Thompson coached the Olympic team. Yeah. He went off. Yeah, so when he went off to coach, you know, I must admit, I think the whole team was – relieved we we were glad he was not on that campus he wasn't around you know I think it was during that summer we were playing in the Kenner League and I mean I never felt so much freedom in my life you know I think <laughs> so I think guys kind of went off and did their own thing guys had a chance to go home guys uh, I don't even know if they went to all their summer classes man they played every I don't know if they played every Kenner League game but I, I was one of my best summers and but coach wasn't around. We all looking at him and how he's handling the Olympic team. 
everybody knows his story about the Olympic team. But for us, he still was aware of what was going on on that campus with the team. And all I remember was, I think it was Perry, uh, somebody, the guys went home. He, he went off to New Orleans. Uh, I don't know if guys uh, uh, took some of their summer courses, but some, something went wrong. And Coach was, was informed. I think it was maybe Coach Riley, uh, Coach Eshrick, the guys maybe, I don't know, they ratted us out or they find out what was going on. But Coach came back from the Olympics. He was on, in a, he was on, a, on, a, on a mission, man, to send a message to us. All I remember was, man, we used to run, run, run without the basketball. Uh, we were on the field running. I mean, he took away the basketball. <laughs> I, 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 he was going to punish us, bro. And it, it, he thought it was funny. You know, running the heck out of us, he thought was very, very funny. And I, I ain't going to lie, I was pissed. I was pissed. And I couldn't say a damn thing to him, you know. And so I think that's where he gets this this this, this chuckle out of uh, making us run. But I remember running around uh, the area on the campus now. There's so many buildings there now. But I remember it was like around the little track field, the tennis field or whatever. Yes, uh, yes uh, somewhere around there, man. He was killing us. It was in the evening. Horace, I think you had just got out of there. Man, you, you missed a good one. I know you got your own stories, man. But damn it. He ran the smack out of us, yo, without the basketball. We wanted to go into uh, starting the season off, going to practice. You're looking forward to getting on the court. And, uh, you know, you're doing the first practice of the season, man. Let's go play some ball, man. Whatever, coach, whatever you want to go over. But, no, that wasn't him. He put us on that track outside without the ball. And I think we've done that, Mark, maybe about a, whew, a week. Uh, uh, I mean, a long time, man without touching the basketball. Really? A week? And it just tells you, it, yeah, it just tells you his impact. You know, he wanted to send a message. He was away at the Olympics. And he heard about how we were handling ourselves in preparation for the season. And he sent a message that year, man. And I, I don't think Reggie Williams really gave a damn. He gave it about running. He wasn't going to do all that. He, he's the big-time player. Reggie was not going to do as much. But I remember everybody else, man. I remember Dwayne just – I mean, he wanted to just drop, you know, he, he was so pissed off, but I thought it was funny. I didn't mind running. I was pissed, but at the end, I didn't care. I just, I just knew everybody else was upset and I thought somebody was going off. Tillman, I thought maybe, maybe you'll go off on coach. This is going into sophomore, junior year. I know you may have had enough of them at the time. But this is the impact that he's got. I mean, you go through it and you're ready to go off, but you can't. And and now that I look back, I love him for it because, you know, he's known as a disciplinarian, you know, in that sense. But he wanted to get his message across, and he, and he did that with all of us, no matter what background we had, uh, how we were doing in school. Some of the guys were – you know, did well in school and some were, you know, having some trouble sure. um, at Georgetown. So he was on top of all of that. And he wanted to send a message coming back from the Olympics. I'm not going to say maybe because of the outcome of the Olympics that he came back home and took it out on us. I'm not going to do that. Jeff, I'm letting you do that. I'm letting you know. I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying that he kept up with Georgetown basketball 
while he was at the Olympics. I think the only one that didn't run was Charles because he was on the team, you know, on the Olympic team. So, <laughs> but that's kind of stands out to me is that time when he was not on the campus. But when he was on the campus, even when he's not around, his presence was there. I didn't never, I never wanted to come up to our room or anything like that to monitor how we're handling ourselves because we, everybody was always looking over their shoulder. We're coach, man, coach is around you somewhere, man. Man, some, so those are the memories I have of coach, you know. Um, practice, the games, I know how it affected everybody else. I just, personally, I just thought he was, he just sent a message, man. He sent a message to the whole team and the whole program that you come in, you work hard, we're going to get it done. And it, and, it, and it scared the heck out of every team we played. And I love that about him, you know, that presence he had. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring even more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people, and they do it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which is shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to give you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash good. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash good. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Horace, what, what, what's your, your favorite memory of Coach? What? Well, I got a story about Jaron and, and, and one about Gene. I know when I was a senior, uh, I think we wasn't winning a couple of games, and you know, coach has a tendency to call meetings. And, and pretty much, a, 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 when he called a meeting, it's, it's basically him doing all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> when democracy breaks down, dictatorship takes over. So, I guarantee you, Jerry ain't gonna remember this. Uh, so, coach, I you know, just put a hey, anybody got any questions? So, you know, hey, man, shut the hell up and let's get out of here. Yeah. And Jaron's like, Yeah, I got a question. And I'm sure Horace went, God damn. <laughs> this young dude, this freshman, talking yeah, to this freshman. Man, what the hell is going on here? Seniority was important at the program, Jeff. And uh, Jaron said, Coach, well, you could believe one way, uh, but I believe this way. I believe, you know, he started talking about, I can shoot the ball, I need to shoot the ball, I'm capable of shooting the ball. <laughs> <laughs> And you remember I, this? I, I don't know if uh, we had a senior meeting after that one with, with Jaron, but I just recalled, he said, damn, this dude is uh, off the chain here. <laughs> and, and, and my main man, Gene Smith, right? <laughs> Talking about practices. <laughs> Allen obviously practice. Um, we win the national championship, right? So, hey, we're going to come back, fly, 
come back to D.C., be good. So I ain't know nothing about it. So the, the following year <laughs> in 85, Coach said, well, gentlemen, because of Gene Smith and his, uh, you know, late night antics after the Final Four, we're going to practice. We typically practice 430 to 4 o'clock, no, 4.30 to 7.30 in the evening. So he said, I tell you what, we're going to practice 4.30 in the morning to 7.30, all right? And then we're going to come back and practice 4.30 to 7 o'clock, 7.30 in the afternoon because of Gene Smith. <laughs> we practice six hours a day. Now, Jeff, you know that's uh, – Today, that's an NCAA violation. That's two NCAA violations. One, you can't practice before 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Secondly, you can't practice more than four hours a day. We did that for about two months. and you, I mean, I'm, talk, I'm telling you, it wasn't no cakewalk in the morning time, and it wasn't no cakewalk in the afternoon. So that was Gene Smith and uh, 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 Jaron Jackson. I got sandwiched in between them. Let me jump in there, man. Let me jump in there. Hey, Horace, I kind of remember that story, man. Uh, I kind of remember. You know, I I just thought he would be a little, you know, considerate. You know, allow allow me. I'm acting like I'm uh, I'm a smart freshman coming coming from New Orleans. No, I'm coming. The previous year, man, you guys have been just killing, man. I don't know if you lost too many games. And here I come coming in with some questions, you know. I, so uh, I learned a hard lesson, which is cool. I, I, I learned a hard lesson, but uh, but I, I, I must admit, man, Horace, you, you bring back uh, a, a great memory, man. And it, I learned my lesson. I don't think I ever said anything any long, any more than that uh, since. <laughs> you know, uh, if I did, maybe Mark will remember me saying more. But that one freshman year. I think Wingate and all the guys, man, put me in check you know, at that time. And so, uh, learning lesson for Jaron Jackson. <laughs> well, Jeff, before you go to J-Dog, Jaron, do you yes, remember sir. we were in the locker room? I'm not locker room, we was in the training room. Me, you, Lonzo, and Dwayne Bryant. Mm-hmm. Coach Thompson walks in with them cowboy boots on. <laughs> and you hollered out, yeah! <laughs> Yo, that was Alonzo, man. That wasn't me. Alonzo was you, okay. And you talk about running. Man. We ran at the end of practice, and he started dropping people out one by one. Right. Who's and last? Me, me Jaron, Zoe, and Dwayne was the last four. That's right, and it was Zoe. And Zoe was the last one standing. Because he was the one who popped out the cowboy sign. <laughs> I think Coach was coming from a, maybe a recruiting trip down south. He was uh, with those boots on. Man. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know, man. But that just tells you, you know, there were times in which coach coaches will be dressed, ready for practice. Other times, we don't know where Coach came from. When he walks into the gym, you know, he come from some trip he took. And he walks in there with a suit. I don't need a suit or a, a tie, a shirt and tie with some some, some pants on, and uh, and who Lord knows what shoes he had on. So, uh, <laughs> but coach, yo, bro, I did not say that yeehaw, but it does sound like something I would say. <laughs> no, it was Zoe. You right? It was Zoe because he was the last one standing. You right? You right? You gotta get Jerome here, man. Zoe, Zoe let's gotta give, let's give Jerome a. 
let's give Jerome a chance here. The young guy's waited. You know, he's going to fall asleep in his car. Uh, <laughs> nah, I'm enjoying this. I know you are. I, not as much as I am. Trust me. This is uh, – what, what do you remember most? What, what's the story, if there's one, and I'm sure there's many, that you'll always remember? Um, well, you know, the, the, the main thing that I remember kind of just uh, from a standpoint of, of growing up in the D.C., Maryland area and watching Georgetown, watching, you know, Mark Tillman and Jaron, uh, you know, Gene and Patrick, their era, I, I was I was young. So I was I was more reading the paper with my dad. So my dad would show me the paper and then we talk about Georgetown. And uh it was just, you know, the the respect I had for Coach Thompson and what he was doing. And I just remember my dad would talk about it and I just take it in as a young person and and I just had them at such a high pedestal, like just, it was just, I mean, there was no team higher uh, than Georgetown because of the education and things that the, the, the student athletes there were doing and representation of what Gene said represented, you know, a black school. I thought Georgetown was an HBCU. I, you know, I lived in the area, but had never been on campus. And, you know, I was a late bloomer coming out of uh, high school. So I grew after my senior year. So I was an unknown kind of guy. So unknown for, commodity. Me, for me, I was, you know, I was right, like, you know, hunting down, you know, Georgetown, Maryland, any, any of those athletes that were playing basketball, you know, I wanted to catch them out on the playground. So I found out where all of them played and I show up and <laughs> basically, you know, word got back to John that his players were getting abused. <laughs> by some local kid he didn't know nothing about. Right. And, uh, and the, and the guys and the kids and people at the playground would be like, yo, Rome, I heard John Thompson's coming down here. And I was like, man, John Thompson ain't coming down here, man. He's not, he's not coming down here, you know, and they're like, yo, he, you keep doing this to his players. I'm telling you, he coming down. And, you know, sure enough, one, one uh, Sunday, um, you know, he pulls up and, uh, and, 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 you know, just pulls up a chair, doesn't say a word. And of course the gym's lit and it just, he like, you know, he just watches <laughs> And I'm out there, you know, I'm doing, you know, you know, my normal. It did nothing, nothing changed. It actually made it worse for him because now I'm pissed. I'm like, oh, he, he actually showed up. So now I'm just like, I'm dunking on everybody. I'm just, you know, being a monster out there. And uh, so after the game, I'm walking over to the sideline. He says, son, let me talk to you for a minute. <laughs> you know, and I, I come over and, uh, he says, you know, I, uh, I, I, I watched you play and uh, I want to know if I can get a meeting with you and your, your parents, you know, because he had kind of done his homework. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know, sure, that's, that's not a problem. So, you know, we come to uh, the office at Georgetown that night, first time I had been on campus. And uh, 
he he asked me all these questions and none of them had to do with basketball. It was all about education, what my goals were and, um, you know, my commitment to school and what, what I wanted to do later on in life. And no other college coach I had ever spoken with because I was, I was starting, you know, to get a lot of uh, recruitment from a lot of college division one colleges. And, uh, and they were all coming with a pitch, you know, some of them had cars, money, you know, girls, of course. And, you know, Coach Thompson came in and he was just talking about education. Some schools didn't even require me to go to class. It was just, yo, just come play. And that right there just solidified all the things that I had read about this great person this great man, because I I knew then that he was true. He was real. He wasn't, you know, somebody who was just on the TV that, that was just, you know, a fraud. And I knew then I was, I was, I was sold. And I, I wanted to come to Georgetown. And the, the most important thing that I can remember, and I, and I really appreciate this because uh, Jaron and, and Mark, they'll know, and Gene, too, he came in, too, is that all these guys would come back and play. You know, I was a player. When I was, when I, when I was coming out of school, I, when I came to school at Georgetown, I was a player. I wanted to play. I didn't want to really want to practice. I, didn't, I wasn't a drill guy. I wasn't a guy that wanted to, you know, if you made me run, I was going to run. I could run all day. Coach knew it. Alan Iverson could run all day. But we wanted to play. And these guys would come back, you know, and, and them and the games that in the summertime with these guys, Mark, Jaron, Gene, Pat, Dikembe, Alonzo. I mean, it, listen, that gene the gym was lit. And Coach Thompson would be sitting up there just smiling and laughing. And uh, I just remember Patrick and, and the Kim. I mean, it was like an argument. It was like a three-headed monster. <laughs> Whoever got the worst team or whatever, it was usually the Kimbe. The Kimbe usually was like, you know, it, 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 he, his team was always coming off. But Patrick and Zoe's <laughs> team, I mean, arguments, man. I just remember, like, being, you know, you wanted to be on one of their teams. I was usually on Patrick's team. Patrick, Patrick usually picked me up. So, you know, that was always fun because we had a low post score and, 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 you know, they couldn't, they couldn't do nothing with Patrick's fadeaway on the baseline. And I just, I just love the fact that, you know, it was a brotherhood. You felt it, you understood it, you knew it. Um, and they welcomed me like I was, I had been there four years. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I, and I truly never forgot that. I just, I just felt like, man, you know, I was this lost sheep out there just sort of wandering around on my own and here comes coach Thompson on the playground, you know, to find, you know, whatever he needed to find to, 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 to make his team great, to make the institution great. But for me, man, that was a game changer for my family and, 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 and what he was able to do because I, I was, uh, I was one of the, I was very thankful. I mean, I, mm. you know, I didn't have, you know, shoes in my closet and a whole bunch of, you know, I paid my way to, to junior college. I worked at the gas station, 
saved up my money to pay for classes and pay for my books. So, you know, coming to Georgetown and everything was taken care of. It was just, it was something I'll never forget. It was mm-hmm. something that, I, that, that really, that really hit home for me. And when, you know, he went to cursing and, 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 and cursing me out. Um, he knew he couldn't do that too often because I was about to hurt somebody. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want it to be my brother, you know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, <laughs> hey, hey, Roman, Roman, hey, 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 Roman, you got you got me thinking about um, uh, when you talk about that comeback in the summertime. You got me thinking about a Mark Tillman story that I once heard about. And Mark, I'm gonna need you to tell that story about the high socks. And, and, and oh, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Mark. Hey, 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 let me hey, before Mark go. before you go in there, Mark. Yeah. Uh, before before you go in there, uh, Jerome mentioned something about um, those moments where Coach Thompson is looking at us play in practice, uh, like open run, and coming back in the summertime. I think that's for many of the players that stands out for for me and, and I, I got to believe for every, everyone else. It's a moment that where he's sitting there watching all of this talent, all these guys that have come through his program on the court at one time. These are different years. You know, you know we never playing against each other at all, you know, during the year, of course. But in the summer, to come and work on your game, you know, guys are coming from playing, you know, preparing for the NBA. And it's just an awesome sight, man. And I think that's the moment where I know he must have been just lit, you know, uh, to see what he's built, to uh, have all these guys come back in the summertime and, and just to play basketball. And that, we know Coach, that's all he does. He's a, he's a practice guy. He loves to sit in the gym and watch basketball. I mean, uh, oh man, that, that, that chair in the gym is probably more impactful than the one on the bench in which he sits on, uh, in the middle of the bench. Because uh, he never sat down. <laughs> he was <laughs> on the bench. No one sat in his chair, though. No, no one, no, 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 so, no, they won't sit in it. So he may, he may stand up, but he always has the place to go and sit. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't did know, he maybe show? Y'all try to make him sit, but he, he had a presence, man. It just, I could put myself in his shoes watching all this talent on the floor in the summertime. And that's what was great about Georgetown basketball from what I remember. I remember walking into the gym before the season and seeing all these top players playing and guys couldn't get run. You know, you got uh, – uh, Jerome is right. If you lose, you're you going to have a – you're waiting three or four games to get on the court, you know. And it was pretty, you know, no referees, you know, in open run, you know, uh, unless Coach Thompson says, uh, wow. ball going another way. Ball going another way. He overrules every call, you know. So That's uh, it. That, it, whatever he says – as it, he is, he's watching. He, he doesn't want to say anything, but if he has to, he will make the call. And that was so, only because of Alonzo Dikembe and Patrick, or really Dikembe, arguing with everything. <laughs> right. That's that, that, that's that interior play, man. They never <laughs> go to him. They, they, they never go to him and call it aloud. You know, so, um, but uh, uh, Coach Townsend had to be proud. And, and that's a moment I, I, I really. Uh, I'm happy that Coach got a chance to see that type of talent, you know, in his gym. And it makes me uh, feel so comfortable. Even I love the fact that you got the Coach Thompson, John Thompson Center, a yeah. beautiful practice facility. 
don't get me wrong, we had some moments in McDonald's. You know, that little gym was no joke. Um, uh, I, I, I appreciate all the uh, investment in the new facility, but Coach put his, his, his imprint on, on that facility and every, every, you know, building on that campus, but particularly the old McDonald. We had some battles in there, man, that were unforgettable. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can get back to that, you know, in the Thompson Center um, with respect to his name. So um, I think that's my thought, man. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. We got NBA playoffs in full swing, Clippers and Lakers, both at plus 250, Bucks at plus 375, and the Celtics, I told you about them months ago, they're down at plus 700. Raptors plus 1,200, Heat plus 1,400. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, Mark, can I hit you with, with you were there? I think both you and Jaron were both there when, when Big John walked off the court against BC for Prop 42. Right, both yeah. of you guys there. What, yes, yes, yes. What was that like? Did you know he was going to do that? To, to, I mean, basically, I'll, I'll give the background of it. Um, academically ineligible freshmen were not going to be able to receive scholarships, so he came out and basically said, "Screw that! Like this is bullshit." I, I think it was primarily um, because minority s- students and athletes were going to be the ones affected the most. But I think it was for everybody, wasn't it? That this is bullshit for these guys that they should be able to at least keep those scholarships. So he walked off the court before the game against Boston College in 89. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me and Jaron definitely was there. And, yeah. you know, definitely, you know, I think it was what, Proposition 42? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and um, it was an NCA measure that, you know, would, would ban um, academically ineligible freshmen from receiving scholarships, if people don't know. And Thompson protested because he believed the proposition aimed to limit opportunities by, for minority students. And um, I thought, we thought it was a definitely worthy, worthy cause. I, I, I do recall, I, I know we talked about sitting out with him, but, you know, he wanted to take that stand himself and he wanted us to play the game, but he, he definitely took that big walk. And he was just frustrated, you know, with the limited options that would give minority, you know, student athletes an opportunity to probably not play in college basketball, usually, you know, not even come to school. So I think it was a worthy cause and he wasn't scared to take that stance. And, and he, he, you know, gained a lot of national attention, some, some backlash, obviously, but he didn't care about the backlash that he would receive because he stood for what he thought was right and to help people that look like him and what he had in his program. And, and Jeff, I just yeah. want to piggyback off of that. When, when, when coach took, Positions like that, um, as a player, and be, because we had instances where he pulled us off the court as well. When I tell you the how you felt empowered, how you felt more united, I, I, I mean, just listening to Mark talk about it, I'm like, yeah, that was that's my crew, that's my crew, um, mm-hmm. because that's 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 what the program was about. Like, we weren't. 
like if you wanted to call us thugs, hood, criminals, whatever, we're going to embrace that, and we're still going to whoop your ass, <laughs> and we're still going to graduate, and we're still going to be upstanding citizens, and our and our coats and ties may be a little, maybe they don't fit too good because you know, like like Rome said, I ain't got a lot of shit in my closet, but check this out, we neat, we tidy. And when we get on this court, we're going to whip your ass by any means necessary. So it's, it's, it's just when you hear stories like that, you know, it, it makes you push your shoulders back. And um, also it, it, the weight of the loss um, is even, you know, it all, just talk, when I was listening to Jaron talk, man, it was like I was going to start leaking over here, um, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, this, this thing is powerful. So, yeah, when he took positions like that as a player, he was like, so I know as I go through my journey in life, I'm going to take stands. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to wait. So, yeah, that, that, that's how it spills over. And, and I think it's just to piggyback on that and just to add a little bit more color to Coach Thompson, not only with that stand, but he was also, you know, a pioneer that was credited with opening the door for a generation of minority coaches. Yeah. You know, his national title one in, in 84 was the first black head coach. And I think it altered the perception of black coaches as well. And I think he needs to be accredited for that too. No, a hundred percent. And I've said this over the last few months because number one, obviously you've got fewer black head coaches uh, and Horace knows this than, than ever um, in college basketball, but obviously with everything that's going on in our country with black lives matter, uh, systemic racism, you, you wish, you wish big John, was able to really share his voice now. Like, imagine the impact. And again, he was just so fearless. And and too many people right now in college basketball, in my opinion, part of it is, listen, a lot of the the, the black coaches, head coaches in college basketball haven't done what Big John did, what Nolan did, what John Chaney did. So it's harder, right? It's harder for them when they speak to have the same sort of impact. But, man – it would have been really cool to see what Big John would have been able to do over the last year if he were completely healthy. Absolutely. You know, Jeff, you, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Coach Townsend, his impact on the coaches. Mark mentioned it as well. He, you know, Mark is absolutely right. I, re- I remember this moment at the Final Four in, in Atlanta when the guys, so when um, I think Roy and Jeff and those guys went to the Final Four. And I I went to the coaches' meetings. I had a, I was fortunate enough to go to the Black Coaches Association meetings, and this is where all the coaches show up during the Final Four who do not make the who are not playing. And at the meeting, I remember Coach Thompson being there, and and so many of the young coaches, be it uh, at uh, um, young assistant coaches, D one, D two, uh, HBCUs. Uh, D3 guys are trying to get into the game. We're asking him questions and talking to him. They wanted to get some insight and he really gave them time, man. Uh, uh, it was, he wanted to, uh, you know, just give a word, some words of wisdom to them. And I thought it was amazing. It's amazing when I see the impact of uh, uh, coach Thompson on other people, you know, outside of Georgetown and, and just for young coaches to share their stories of, Man, coach, I remember I, I, I'm coaching now, but I was at Coach Thompson's camp when I was a kid. Or I was at his uh, – they, they have these moments where they remember coaching. Uh, 
it just tells you the impact of uh, uh, of him and his presence off the court. He's done so, so many great things for us as the coach, but his presence is just incredible. But for the young young black coaches, he was always trying to inspire and help them. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, he's going to continue that even now. I think more and more black coaches are going to be motivated, you know, to strive at a, at a Hall of Fame level. And I hope guys get opportunities, more coaches get those opportunities because of him. Gene, did, did you have a chance to say goodbye to him? I know he hadn't been doing that well lately. Um, did you have a chance, an opportunity? No, no. and as, as I spoke earlier, you know, um, we all were – we all have our individual – uh, relationships and flows with coach. There was no collective kumbaya shit. Um, and, and I say that, I say that because, um, I read something that Chris Wright, uh, tweeted, uh, yesterday. And this is kind of, you know, I don't want to take up too much time because uh, I, we're running over and I've already, no, listen, I've already yeah. it's on you guys. If you guys okay. want to keep going, yeah. I'm not jumping off. Yeah. It's up to you guys. There's no time limit yeah. for me. Yeah. It's just one of those deals where uh, Chris Wright said, uh, you know, coach rest easy. We got it from here. So the cats I'm looking at and the, all the cats that wore blue and gray, we got it from here. So whatever that looks like, because this is not the 1980s. So, we, we're not trying to conduct ourselves like it's the 1980s. The program is not in the 1980s, you know, Hoyer paranoia phrase. Don't get me wrong. That Hoyer paranoia will always be part of our personality, part of our DNA. But how we communicate, how we control our narrative is important. And I just think just hearing these voices more, you know, like you were saying earlier, I'm hearing people talk about Lou Lawson. They don't fucking know Luke. They don't know Luke. That's right. So for us, it's like you talking about coach. Y'all, y'all don't really know coach um, because you know. Again, it, it's just something. It was something unique, and it will always be something unique. The only story I want to share is piggyback us off of Jaron's when he was talking about the Olympics because this again, Jeff, uh, it's kind of in your in your in your world. Coach was being interviewed in Seoul in 1988. Hundred sports writers there, right? He gets a call. He gets gets a question from a from a reporter. Uh, are you racist? And Big John goes, "If I was racist, I'd only be talking to the one this one guy." And he points to the one guy. It was the only black reporter out of the hundred, and it was Curtis Bunn. Really? And I, Tim, I think you know Curtis Bunn, DC cat. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just one of those deals where it's moments like that when you say fearless. That's fucking fearless because the last thing dude is, is a racist. But again, if you want to go there, let me really show you what a racist is. Yeah. Right. So he was just so dope and, and, and hit you in the head when, when you least expect it with the King's English, or he can hit you with some, some other shit. So, and it speaks to what Jerome was talking about going to the playground and pulling up a chair. Coaches weren't doing that back then. And probably was in the hood somewhere. So, yeah, but I did not get a chance to say my goodbyes. But, again, that's, you know, that's not what this is about. Like, I, I, I don't it, – that it's ingrained in all of us, right? So, we going – you know, I'm sure uh, Tillman had the best relationship with Big John, I think, out of, out of all the crew that's on now. And so I'm living through that. 
So it, 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 it's an extension. It's a, it's a chord that, that, that to me will never be broken. Hey, let me, let me, let me jump. I got a question for Jerome. You know, you know, and I'm only, I'm only doing this because uh, we're doing a lot of talking. Eugene, you, you're getting it in. You know, Mark, we got a lot of 80s stories and whatever, but this is a question for Jerome, you know, because he was after us. Uh, Romy, man, I sit there and uh, I look at, you know, y'all moment when y'all played against Ray Allen in, 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 in the garden. And, they, you know, they talk about that game a lot, you know, and I, you guys had a hell of a team. And I, want, I just want to get some insight on how you felt during that time and what Coach Thompson was like during that time when you guys, Victor Page, AI, Bubica, ah, I love that name, man. And you, these guys, you guys had an amazing team. Jihadi doing his thing. And you guys were just as intimidating as many teams that come through Georgetown. What was that like? And tell us what was it like. Because that's, that was one of Coach's – remember now, during that stretch, Coach had already been through some amazing teams throughout his, his tenure at Georgetown. It was one of his – he was at the end of his time as the head coach. Georgetown. So what was it like with Coach Thompson and during that moment in the garden in the Big East for a guy like Coach who's been in the garden many a times before then playing big games? Right. Man, let me tell you something. Um, what I understood um, from, from just living in the area is that, you know, before um, that kind of group came together with AI, myself, um, you know, Georgetown was, was, you know, not one of the top teams in the big East mm-hmm. and, you know, coach, coach used to always smile. Like, because when he signed me, he said, he said, you know, he kind of chuckled and was like, we on our way back. Right. And this is, <laughs> this is probably a couple months before he had signed AI. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember coming into his office. He said he called me in his office, and uh, he said, "Hey, we just we just signed this kid, Alan." I- <laughs> oh, get him back, Jeff. Reese, he's got to move. He's got to move to a different spot. He'll jump back in. I'm sure he'll get to a different spot here in a minute. Hey, he's a lot younger than all you guys. And it looks, looks a whole lot better. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> you know, I don't know what you got under that hat, but. You don't want to know. You, nobody wants to know. If I take this bitch off, the whole screen going to go dark. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, his, what's his legacy going to be, guys? And anybody can jump in with legacy, with another story that they're thinking. But, I mean, to me, again, somebody used this word earlier. I forget who, but pioneer. I mean, that that's the word that I – I just kind of associate with with Big John. Trailblazer, trailblazer, trailblazer. Yeah, I definitely say trailblazer. Jeff, uh, I'll go ahead and talk a little bit. Call it quits. But I, I was truly blessed, man, to be uh, a coach and to see what Coach Thompson had to go through to build program. Uh, one thing that I, I really enjoyed about Coach Thompson was uh, when we walked through the airport. Uh, man, we were we were suited, booted, tied down. I mean, we looked good. And, and that's what coach was all about. He was about being first class. You know, uh, Gene had on his suit. I had on my suit. You know, we might even had London fogs on. 
nice shoes. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we used to walk through the airport. I mean, obviously, Coach Thompson and, and Pat got a lot of attention, but the all eyes was on us. And, and you talk about uh, a black man. He understood that. He wanted us to look good. He wanted us to present ourselves at the highest level. And I used to love it, man. I used to love, I used to love walking through the airport. Sometimes we used to walk through the airports and see different teams, and they in sweatsuits, tennis shoes, and, and you could see they jaw, uh, jaw drop, like you know, looking at looking at these immaculate young black men. Uh, not only you know going to a hell of an institution, but dressing real well, presenting themselves real well, and then at the same time we going, we going, we going on a business trip. That's basically what he said. We going on a business trip, and we're walking to arenas, and you know all eyes will be on us. Uh, and you know we'll do our we'll do our thing, take our showers, suit up, and uh, we'll be gone again. One thing that Jaron did, Coach Thompson was real good at staging. Jaron came late to the meeting. Coach Thompson used to intentionally do that sometimes. When we was at the Big East, we had uh, uh, going to the banquet. He might come to the banquet. The banquet just started. Everybody's sitting down. Everybody's talking, and then all of a sudden, we bust through the door. Without suits on, you know, everybody turning around looking at Georgetown University. So that's one thing I, I really appreciate about Coach. He was first class, first class uh, detail, you know, from a coach. Uh, a lot of energy. I practiced and I tried to emulate that. I, I, I really couldn't because uh, I, I really understood how much energy. We talk about the practices, Gene. Uh, that dude had a lot of energy to, uh, to get us to where we needed to be. And uh, I just appreciate that because, I mean, he could have just let us run around wild and crazy and just say, hey, let's win some basketball games. Let's exploit these, uh, these dudes for my own personal game. Uh, but for the most part, man, he gave us a great foundation. Uh, you know, I try to implement that in my kids when we travel. Um, we coat and tie um, with pilots, the, the, the uh, people in the airport just giving us compliments. And just trying to teach these guys how hey, to, to dress and interview one day. And uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, you know, like I told a lot of people, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be missed, but he ain't gonna be forgotten. So uh, you know, we got plenty more stories to tell. And I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure me, Mark, and Jerome, and Gene, you know, when we get together individually or, or as a group, uh, we're gonna have our last. Well, well, give me a good story from the national title game. You, you and Gene, give me give me something on coach, something after the game. Uh, during the game, what what was – give me something that stands out from that game. What was it? I mean, it, it, so for me, it's not necessarily the game, but leading up to the game, I, I think – I don't know. I told this story to somebody. Michael Graham, me and Michael Graham was sitting on the bench. Gene talking about uh, he didn't play a lot. I didn't play a lot sometimes. So we sitting on the bench. Michael Graham is, you know, pissed off. I think we played against Dave. And, uh, you know, the game was over. Coach put Michael in. And I think Michael dumped the ball. And he just did a 180 and turn. Cedric and Tony. Somebody was standing there. Cedric <laughs> Tony. Mike knocked the dude. I mean, you talking about flagrant one, flagrant two, suspended, <laughs> suspended for four games. He knocked him to damn near half court. And I think he just got a common foul, really. And uh, what was so beautiful about that, Coach had a, a something about him. Michael didn't play that much that year. But he, he somehow saw – Something was in Mike that 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 particular moment. Mike was pissed off because he wasn't playing, and Coach instilled in, uh, into to the rotation 
in the Final Four, and him and Pat played extremely well. And, and I still talk to people today, and they talk about Michael Brown. And I tell them, I say, hey, Mike wasn't playing that much, you know, that whole year, but he stepped on the stage at the right time, and that's something special uh, from Coach Thompson that he could identify that. And he, he knew that this team needed a, a little spark. We were good enough to win. And, uh, and I mean, Michael shined like unbelievable, but with a lot of energy. So, uh, yeah, he, Mike knocked the crap out of that dude. Man. <laughs> it's, it's a piggyback on that. I wasn't part of that, that national champion team, but I, I saw it, I witnessed it. And just being, me being a part of that Georgetown family that is overlooked. And, and Gene talked about it, Jaron talked about it. Definitely Horst just, you know, eloquently talked about how polished we were as players. But what people don't understand is, and him talking about Michael Graham is when Mike grabbed that microphone <laughs> and started talking <laughs> on National CB, on, on CBS during the championship game. Yeah. And, and not only just that, all of us had that ability to articulate ourselves, which people didn't think because Coach held us from the media. Oh, that was just yeah. only the first semester of our freshman year. Yeah. And then after that, we were allowed to talk to the media. But people didn't realize how articulate we was. And I thought when Mike got on the stage at that time, because people look at us like, we, this would be truthful about it, dumb jocks. Yeah. Team full of black players. Coach don't let them speak because they can't speak. Yeah. But when Michael did that on national TV, in the Final Four, in the championship game, that showed not only him, but that 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 picture illustrated everyone that played for Georgetown. Did, did you guys meet that? The mic, he took the mic from Brent Musburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did did you guys get pissed? Because I always did when I was talking to a Georgetown player in the locker room. No matter what, I had Chap like over me, looking at me and 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 wondering like, was somebody going to say something to me that was going to be controversial or negative or whatever? Did that piss you guys off that you didn't have the freedom to do at the time? I assume it did your college kids, right? It did not for me, uh, Jeff. And, and you know, it's no offense to the media, and, and y'all want to do y'all jobs, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed talking to the media. But at the same time, I was an eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old, twenty-one-year-old kid, and uh, I, I really enjoyed my time at Georgetown because Coach Thompson. Uh, he didn't necessarily protect us from the media. He just wanted us to be normal kids. I mean, today, you know, Zion Williams, son, uh, those kids can't be, they can't be student athletes. They are not student athletes. And, and that's what Coach Trump allowed us to be. You know, he gave us access to the media, but he didn't want y'all to dominate the narrative. You know, Coach Trump is never going to let nobody dictate uh, to him. So, but my four years at Georgetown, I was a student. A lot of times I was, I was a student. I had an opportunity to be a student and it wasn't interfered by a lot of people, uh, uh, particularly the media. So, because uh, we played hard. You know, we played hard and, uh, you know, we had to go to class and, and a lot of times we needed to, to, to unwind and just be, be college students. And I think he allowed us to do that, not letting too many people to interfere. And I know, you know, from a media perspective, y'all want to do your job, y'all want to get the turn, y'all, you know. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we human beings, and uh, he allowed us to be human beings, uh, and, and he kind of protected us from that perspective. And not- on, on, the, on, on that note, to, to, Horace, to Horace's point, like, for me, hey, yo, hold on, 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 hold
Yeah, let, let Jerome come back in here, man. Is he, okay. Is he back on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Romy. Is Romy back there? Romy back. There he is. Romy, can you hear me? Can you see me? Can you? Am I? Am I yeah, on? Rome, can you yeah, hear what I'm yeah, saying? Man. Hey, when you get when you get when you get fifty, you gonna slow down. Hey, man, listen. Here's the thing, right? Gene knows about this smoke. <laughs> y'all, we all deal with different things in life in different ways. Right now, you're looking at some victims right now. <laughs> warming up, you know they they don't know what's about to hit them right now. <laughs> got some bent up stuff got to be released. It's unfortunate yeah. for them, but you know y'all are all witnesses to you know Coach Thompson's legacy. Getting ready to unfold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's you know, <laughs> just real. And uh, to go back to Jaron's question about the Big East back in the day, I was saying that Coach Thompson would smile because he felt like it reminded him of the teams of, of, of yesteryear with his championship teams with me, Othello Harrington, Jihadi White, AI, of course, uh, Bubakar Al. Um, George Butler, you know we had we had we had a nice little squad, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I used to sit down and I kind of understood his smile, his 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 joy in watching us, and uh, knowing that every time we stepped on that court, we were either the favorite, or you know there was very little chance that the team was going to beat us, and yeah, we did get beat um, on occasion on some nights, but. I felt like he had that confidence he had when you guys played for him. And that mm. was what was a joy for me because I kind of understood it because of the things that he would drop nuggets on me, you know, um, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, coach, he, he used his, hey, look, his, his language in a way that it would, it would let people know that he, he was serious. Look, hey, I want to share something with you guys, man. I'm sitting here uh, going through some old stuff. And I pulled this out, man. Check this out. Uh, I love that. You guys that got book. a copy of this, man? Yes, we do. Yes, I look, do. Look, man. Look, when they put this together, I thought I thought this was amazing. You know, first of all, I didn't know they could even do something like this. And it's kind of like a, a yearbook or a decade book or a 30-year of Georgetown book. But it's the history of Georgetown. Right. basketball and uh i hope everybody that have ever played at georgetown has a copy of this uh everybody should have it but it says a lot about you know the history of, of georgetown and of course coach thompson when he was there man but i wanted to just put that on 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 the screen so you guys jeff can see that jeff i don't know if you got one of those i gotta get one um, yeah man so it, it's um it has like nice little illustrations inside you know, outside where you uh, open it up and a lot of pictures and uh, a lot of talk and writings and clippings of uh, past events and games uh, at Georgetown through Coach Thompson's time, or JT3, uh, up until uh, Coach Hestrick as well. You know, just it talks about Georgetown in, 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 a, in a positive light, man. So it's worth, it's worth getting and, and, and reviewing a little bit when you get a chance. All right. Well, listen. Let, let's let's kind of wrap this with kind of final thoughts, words, any anything, anything. We'll kind of go around the horn here. Um, of just something maybe 
you want to say about him, something you would say to him. Um, Jaron, you me, can start. I'll go first. I'll go first. I had a chance. You, you asked Gene about me. The last time I saw Coach Thompson. So I was in D.C. for uh, one of the final games of the season this year. Uh, I saw Patrick. I went to uh, practice. And I went to Coach, uh, Coach Ewan's practice. And Coach Thompson was there. Uh, as, as you guys know, he, he doesn't – he loves practice. He loves being at the practice, being at summer league or anywhere. He's, he's in the gym. Well, this one time I saw him, and, uh, and I hadn't seen him in a while. I had heard that he wasn't doing well. And, uh, you know, I know he was moving around in a wheelchair and uh, being cared for, going to the practices and games. But I saw him, and he was just the same old self, you know, you know, dropping uh, F-bombs and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing stops him from getting his point across. But I would say it was so good to see him uh, re- him look at his former players kind of walking around and seeing Patrick handle his own practices. Uh, so this past – so to get to see him that one last time, he talked about – it, it was it was refreshing because he had a smile on his face, and you cannot argue with him about who's the greatest player ever, because it's it's not Michael Jordan, you know it's not, you know he he would argue you down for, for Elgin Baylor. <laughs> I mean that's his guy. Really, I mean, Elgin Baylor is his guy, man. I mean, really, like, I didn't know that. I, I thought it was Elgin Bill Russell. Baylor is his guy because he he knows. I know. It, he knows uh, how, how good of a player Elgin was during, during his day, and I don't think he – he thinks today's guys are the people give Elgin his respect due. But Coach Thompson would. You know, he always telling young folks, yeah, you guys just don't know Elgin, man. You guys just don't understand. <laughs> you know, so it was great to see him. And we talked about that. I mean, <laughs> you know, so I, I was very happy for him. You know, because I knew he, at that time he was struggling, you know. And uh, I know when I get older, you know, I want to be in a position where, you know, I'm around people that I love and I get to share stories and, and talk about great moments. And as a coach, you know, Horace coaches, you know, to, to, to be a coach, you know, at our, at our age, man, we understand we are truly, truly blessed to enforce we're fortunate to coach. It's not like we, I know we're doing something for the young players, but these young players, they're doing something for us too. And I think, uh, I think coach Thompson understood that. And that was a moment where I felt like his former players were in a pre in his presence. And he got to just talk about old times, man. And it made him feel good for this one, this one moment in which he knew he was, he's sick. He's battling. But to be around people that he he coached and to talk old stories, that's a great feeling, man. It's kind of like what we're doing right now, man. It's a good feeling to be on the broadcast with you guys. And I'm glad that last moment I got a chance to see Coach and to talk about him. So uh, salute to Coach Thompson. Uh, much respect to his thoughts of Elgin Baylor. And uh, on this day, Elgin Baylor is the greatest player ever. There you go. Nobody's <laughs> arguing. Nobody's <laughs> arguing. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Jerome, you still there? He, he Jerome, killed, he absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> right, I'm still here get, warming up, getting this. Yeah, thing let's get up. Jerome out of here. So let, let, let's get him next. All right. And, uh, hey, final yeah. words is this, man. Uh, I'm, 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 
I want to echo what Gene said. The legacy lives on because of what Coach Thompson uh, instilled in us, the opportunity that he gave us. And I'm just so happy and fortunate to have been a part of it and have been welcomed into the family because, you know, like I said, it, 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 was, it was groundbreaking for me. And, uh, and those moments that I share with my brothers in the locker room and also my older brothers who would come back and play with me would never be forgotten. And that's all because of Coach Thompson. You know, he set the foundation and he set the standard very high. He meant a lot to not only us, but the black community um, with the things he stood for, the things he stood up to. And everything that he, 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 he did and said, you know, is still alive today with us, with these stories and, and things we're able to pass along to the next generation because there'll never be another Coach Thompson. Um, but his legacy will live through all those players that experienced him, you know, in the locker room not outside the locker room. So God bless all of you. and Thank you for uh, having this podcast. No, really thanks, appreciate for, it. thanks, Jerome. Really appreciate you coming on. Now you can get up some shots, get some rebounds. It's Don't hurt him too hard, Joe, J-Dog. Don't hurt him too hard. Hurt him. Hurt him. Hurt him, J-Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's, who's next? Who's next? Well, I'll go ahead. Um, for me, uh, John Thompson Jr. will be remembered for a larger-than-life uh, that extended beyond basketball. Um, he was a towering presence in college basketball, as we know, both in physical stature and his impact that was on the court. Um, his legacy uh, will be an uncompromising advocate for social justice. He was ahead mm. of his time. Mm. Mm. Very true. Very, very true. I, I, I'll go next because I like to end with Horace. Um, uh, you should go last. No, no let me go. I'm, I'm going to try to be quick, man. I mean, I, I, yeah. last, this thing's never ending. Yeah, if I go last, <laughs> this is going to be a problem. I apologize, guys. Uh, for the guy who who don't know what to say, can't put out like I got a lot to say, so I apologize. Um, for me, it's real simple. I mentioned those two posts earlier from Sleep and Smitty, Irv Smith. Um, and I think it was Urge Smith that, just, that said, I owe who I am to you. And that's Big John. So I owe a huge part of who, who I am now to Big John. And, you know, that, that's as succinct as I can be. Um, I, I think um, uh, in terms of his impact on the world, that story has yet to be told told in an appropriate fashion. And again, I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm not saying this, that, or the other. I mean, we, we can find reasons why, um, but I'm a solutions guy. So let, let's solve the problem. And with the five guys you got here now, you, you, got, you got a byline, you got a storyline. Um, and, and again, this thing is deep. I mean, this thing goes back to 72, 73 when it started. So, so for me, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I will, I think the fact that it, it hasn't been done, he hasn't been appreciated that way, um, shows you how powerful it is. Right. It, so it yeah. sucks that it takes somebody leaving yeah. to be appreciated like this, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's so, kind of the hardest part of it all mm-hmm. is, is now 
you're here, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this. You know, yeah. and, and I do want to. Th- I do want to thank you, Jeff, for. Uh, oh, for this. I do absolutely want to thank you. So, no, yeah. I appreciate you guys coming on. I hope it was it's it's cathartic. Oh, ways yeah, to see each other. I, I think that's got to be the cool part of this is reliving the stories, seeing each other. Um, Horace, we'll end with you because you're you're the smartest one of the group. Everybody knows. Can, can I share? Can I share my my my, my title, my NCAA title moment? Yeah, Maybe, of course. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's about, it's about, it's about Horace. It's actually Horace. All right. No, I want to talk about that. My moment that always rings in my head about the uh, the final four run was Horace and I were in the game at the same time. And I think it was James Blackman was on the wing and he did something. And Horace cut him off and he traveled. So there was no real huge big play. But it's the fact that Horace made that effort to get to a spot and do travel. Man, I went over and gave Horace not a high five. I gave him a low five. And it was, <laughs> it, it was like, we were one that, it was just like that kind of, that kind of energy. Um, and that was my highlight of the final four run, Horace. I don't know if you remember that, but you did. You cut dude off and dude, I was like, but that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. So that's, that's my insane moment. Apologies again. I'm going on mute. I'm going on. <laughs> oh man, Gene gave me a lot of energy, man. He was inspiration to me to play defense because that's the only way I could get off the bench, man. Uh, <laughs> to play defense, I came from Florida, averaging 25 points a game, and couldn't get off the bench for Coach Thompson. But uh, Emily Gene <laughs> took his energy. So, but uh, oh man, uh, the last time I spoke with Coach Thompson, it's been probably about a year. I usually meet him you know, once or twice uh, a year, sometime, you know, either on a recruiting trail or at the Final Four, definitely. Uh, I think the last time I talked to him, I was kidding. It's been over a year, probably a year and a half. I was like, Coach, man, I know you're getting old, but you still got to be a role model for me. I'm young. I want to, you know, do certain things like you in your old age. And uh, he was like, hey, son, this goddamn old age ain't what it's cracked up to be. <laughs> so uh and then just another moment man I, I was happy that uh i was in dc with my wife and my two two young boys i think they might have been six and seven and i was in uh the arena um uh, i don't know who was practicing uh, i think jt i don't know if it was over the summertime we might have was at a camp or something watching and i guess coach had a chair and uh you know i let my wife sit in that chair and uh, I didn't know it was his chair at that time, you know. And sure enough, here comes Coach Thompson come through the door. Who the hell is just sitting in my goddamn seat? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, hey, man, I, you know, I got to stand up for my lady. I say, goddamn, Coach, this is my wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> who won? Horace, uh, who, who shot in the chair? I, he he kind of gave me a little respect, you know. And then he, he met my two boys, which was good, you know. Um, uh uh, and and they always remember that we took pictures. So definitely, my two little boys uh, uh, checked uh, what ain't my boys now they're eighteen and twenty. So they checked on me uh, yesterday and asked me was all right. Told them I was. So I think the thing about Coach Thompson, man, uh, that I loved about that dude, and if I could live a part of my life, the remaining part of my life as he did, I say that in the eighties he never let anyone dictate to him how he's going to live his life, you know, how he's going to run Georgetown program. Uh, I mean, he took, he took a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of shit for it, you know, and 
and uh, he did it with style. He did it with grace. He did it first class, and he won a championship with it, you know. And uh, uh, he lived his life, man, as if he had no limits on his ability. And uh, and I look at that, and I said, damn, I, I wish I could do uh, 20% of that, you know. Uh, if, damn, if I could do a hundred percent, I'll be, you know, I'll be beyond great. But, uh, and that's, that's why he, that's how he separated himself. I mean, he, he, he knew, he knew what his, his calling was. Uh, I mean, he did it through basketball and, uh, uh he's definitely going to be remembered. Uh, he's definitely not going to be forgotten. He's definitely going to be remembered. So, uh, uh, I'm a Mr. Big, I'm a Mr. Big dude. Uh, I used to call him a lot and, uh, you know, he used to like to be, if you're going to call him, like Mark said, you got to call him late. Uh, he said, yes, son, call me, you know, late. I called the motherfucker at 1.30 in the morning. He's asleep. I said, damn, you told me. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time, that's when I called him, 1.30, uh, 12.30. Uh, if I was going to catch him, that's when I was going to catch him. And uh, I appreciate him. I'm glad I had an opportunity to coach because I could see it through his eyes. And uh, what he did is unbelievable. I, I can't even stress the surface. Uh, at how he uh, motivated young black men. Listen, guys, my condolences uh, to all you guys, to the Georgetown community, to obviously the Thompson family. Uh, one of the greatest to ever do it. And, again, his impact, not just in the basketball court. You guys all shared your experiences. I, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I hope, like I said, I hope it was cathartic for you, uh, as it was entertaining uh, and enlightening for me because – I can listen to you guys talk all day. I know Gene's got nothing else to do, but I know the rest of you got things you got to do. So I'm going <laughs> to run. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you Thanks. so much, man. Jeff, really, I appreciate, appreciate it. it, Jeff. Real good. Stay man. in touch. Really good. I'll tweet Talk it out you, either later today or tomorrow. Let me know if you guys need anything ever. You know that. Any of you, stay in touch, please. All right? Same to you. Be safe. Thanks, Jeff. All right, guys. Take care.